want to welcome all of you here and all those that are watching online. Uh, I want to pray before I get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for tonight's message, and I pray, Father, as you've given me this, Father, that I would be able to uh, touch people's hearts, Father. I know it's touched mine. It's it's uh, made me think about some things, and Father, I pray that it would be what it needs to be for these people that are gathered and those that are watching online. In the name of Jesus. You know, uh, we all come from many different backgrounds. And mine was in that denomination I won't mention, but it's <laughs> an inside joke. But uh, <clears throat> I was taught a certain, I call it a cow trail, through the Bible on basic beliefs and what they believed. And I think most probably denominations do that. And uh, But when I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like I had to begin to look at the Word for myself and make my own determination as to what I believed and what I didn't believe. Well, there are some scriptures that have bugged me. Part of them has just bugged me for years. And I didn't want to look at them very strongly because... That meant I'd have to remove some things I believed or had believed. And anyway, that's not easy to do when you're steeped in something. It kind of saturates the area, you know. And so, uh, as I would look over these, I'd read them occasionally just to say, "Does that really say that?" You know, and. Finally, the Lord said, are you ever going to deal with this? Are you ever going to just look at it for what it is? And so I decided to do that. And uh, in the state of the world, I, I began to see that these scriptures are applicable to today's situation. And, and you see it all around. When you begin to look at these soberly, these scriptures soberly, you'll see what I mean because it just fits what's going on. What's going on in the world and people's hearts, and particularly the church world. And we want to look at what has turned our, our eyes aside. Recently it's been COVID-19, threats of war, China getting big and burly, you know. And all these things tend to cause us to withdraw or to uh, become... Uh, distracted or sensitive to things other than the word, other than the life we have in God. And so what happens is we, we grow cold. There's part of us that gets distracted and gets away from the fire, and we begin to lose our fire. And so um, if you'll turn with me to Matthew, or watch the screen, Matthew seven twenty one through 23, it says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's in the knowing is the title of my lesson tonight. It's in the knowing. 
that Jesus wants us to focus on. It's in the knowing him. They didn't know him. The word, uh, the, the part that says, you who practice lawlessness, uh, does this phrase indicate that these people were continuing in their sin? These Christians were continuing in their sin. They were doing religious things. They were casting out demons. They were prophesying. They were doing things that looked good on the surface, but in their private life they were, they were still sinning. He, they were practicing lawlessness. Well, what is this knowing? What is this knowing that we're supposed to have? I mean, I know about Jesus. I'm, I'm sure they knew about Jesus. They believed Jesus was the Son of God. But what is this knowing? I'd like for you to ask yourself, do I understand this knowing? Do I know what the knowing is? And so in, uh, in Matthew 25, we're going to look there, and you all know these scriptures. Uh, I've read them probably myself to you all. But this this passage of scripture in chapter 25, Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to two ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. They were Christians, all of them, ten, all ten of them. They were going and they were, going to, they were waiting and expecting to meet the, the bridegroom. They were uh, <clears throat> all in the same area. It says, now five of them were wise and five were foolish. They were, the Lord's showing us something here in the knowing. So pay, pay quick attention. It says, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now, we know that we, we are enlightened somewhat when we receive Jesus. We're given that potential to, to shine. We're given that potential to know him better and to turn on as a lamp. But these lamps were not going to turn on. But the wise took oil in their vessels and with their lamps. So they had additional things. So right there you begin to see something is is going on there. They had a different attitude. They were doing something different. We need to look at this. These were Christians. This is 50%. That's a high number. And we need to, this is for today. This is for us. We this word is relevant today. Let's look at it. Okay? I just you know, just just think, 50% of the people I go to church with may not make it. And that will get your attention. You know that they come regularly. They cast out demons. They prophesy. They, may, they speak in tongues. But they may not make it. What is this knowing? What is it to the individuals, the difference? It, what did they do differently? Where some had more. We know God is not partial. He is not partial. He didn't say, I'm going to choose you to give the additional oil to. They had to choose him to get the additional oil. So we'll go down here. It says, uh, but while the bridegroom was delaying, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. 
Then all those virgins rose up, trimmed their lamps, prepared it to glow, to shine. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. What is the oil? The five virgins that had the extra oil, they had revelation in their lamp. They had revelation, revelation knowledge in their lamp. They had, they had spent time in the Word, and that's a buying exercise they did. They went and bought. They went and it says, Try, buy from me gold refined in the fire. Buy from me. So there's a buying that's going on. There's a knowing that's going on. And when we go and buy something, it says uh, <clears throat> uh, they had these, these five wise ones had endured trials and come through the trials. They had uh, seasons of narrowing when they had to adjust themselves and give up things. They had spent time in practicing patience. They had uh, long-suffering with people, with individuals. So they had, they had bought this oil that was going to sustain them till the bridegroom came. If we have not developed uh, this system of buying and understanding that we have to press in to the Lord, we can't just sit and hear the sermons that come forth. It took hours for me to, to, to build and to hear God about this. I'm sure it takes Karen hours, and she works full time. It takes Pastor Roy, you prepare before you come up here. Larry, you prepare. There's preparation going on. But if you come in here, now I'm not scolding or anything. I'm just saying, please, let's look at this as a body of believers in this desperate time in the earth that we're in. And people are saying the Lord is coming. Uh, many things are being prophesied over right now. This is a time to look at what you're buying. Are you buying? Think about your effort to change and develop into what Jesus says. When we see him, we will be like him. What part of development have you pressed into? Ask yourself, am I in the knowing category? Am I learning? Am I changing? Well, Larry prepares, I prepare. Well, Noja had a sermon about several weeks ago that was like fire. Can you remember what she taught? Can you remember what she taught? Okay, did you work it into your life? Did you adjust your life accordingly? I preached on a farmer having to be first partaker of the crop. This is what I'm talking about. I have to work I have to work things into my life before I can have a seed to plant somewhere else. That's a first See we're getting messages that we need to be responsible for and and we need to put it in the bank. We need to adjust our life accordingly. The Holy Spirit doesn't give these messages so we can forget them. I mean, you can't pay me to come up here. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, you know, what are we doing? Are we listening to the pastor when he preaches? My goodness, some of his sermons. 
well, all of his sermons. I mean, you know, we're talking about a man who's walked through fire. And if we're not drinking and partaking of his wisdom as it comes forth, what are we doing? Where's our knowing? Why why don't we just buckle up and say, I'm going to be with the wise virgins. I'm going to get so full of oil and revelation from the Word of God and from prayer and intercession and, and speaking in tongues and praying over my life to where I can read a word and it just explodes inside of me. See, God bugged me 40 years about these scriptures because it got down to this scripture and it says, Their lamps were going out, but the wise answered saying, No, you can't have any of my oil. Lest there, and they weren't being mean, you understand. It says, lest there should be not enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. In other words, invest something. Go invest and get. You know, you gotta get, you gotta buy. It's gotta cost you something. You, it, nothing's just given away. There's an effort involved in, in growing in God. There's time that must be spent. It says, it says um, in one place it says, go buy gold refined in the fire. Go do that. We need to be doing that. I don't mean to be scolding or anything. It says, but this is, I'm going to get to it. And while they went to buy... The bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. It's in the knowing. We must find out for ourselves, what would this look like, Lord, if I wanted to know you? Tell me what I need to do. To know you. We can know about him all day long. But to know him and let him work with you to change something in your life and submit to him and saying, well, now, how was that? And he'll give you scriptures and you'll adjust to that. And pretty soon you're not doing the same things you used to be doing because you will have moved into a very narrow place of conformity. You move. It says enter in. uh, Let me go to that scripture. Enter into the narrow gate. This narrow gate. I've got a definition that's just interesting, the way they put it. But I want to read that to you. It says that this narrowing is rendered narrow by divine conditions which make it impossible for any to enter who think the entrance depends on self-merit or who is still inclines towards sin or desire to continue in evil. So this narrow place it has divine conditions around it. In other words, you choose to enter that narrowness. That's part of the buying. That's, that's gaining oil. You have one direction in a narrow gate. You're going in. I see it like a tube, like you're going into something narrow. You've got to kind of pull in your pull in your flesh, if you will, to get in. 
And then it, it continues. And then you're only going one direction and you haven't got much fidgeting room in there. You can't fishtail too much because you're constricted. But you willingly went in and so you learn to walk in that narrowness. And when you learn to walk in the narrowness, the Lord knows He knows you. He knows where to find you in your emotions. He knows He can speak calm to you and you calm. He can speak a word and it happens. But it's in that narrow place that we learn to hear and we can't hardly turn our heads. You know, our shoulders. Have you ever been in a very confined thing? Have you ever been in a, a what do they call those tubes? That MRI? Woo! That's difficult for me to be in. Well, it's okay to go through some hard times getting in a, the narrow place. Walking. I mean, we all have trials and situations that are in our lives, but let them burn away the dross. Let them burn away the things that keep you from the Lord, that, that cause you to, I'm not, I'm not ready to do that. You know, uh, this is a soapbox of mine, but I've heard so many people say, oh, it's, it, it's too hard to wear the mask. It's, you know, we shouldn't wear the mask. Or it's not faith if you wear the mask or any of those things. And I'm thinking, man, that's like swatting flies. It doesn't matter. What's important is I get to be here with you. I get to fellowship. I get to see your eyes. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, that's a piece of paper or a piece of cloth. That doesn't have anything to do with this fellowship of the heart, a fellowship of seeing. You know, it's kind of like a gnat. Just swat it out of the way. And, And people make a huge issue out of it. It's not an issue unless you let it be an issue. Get your bee out of your bonnet, whatever it is. Get that buzzing, natty fly out of your bonnet and don't be distracted from entering in something narrow. If it costs you a little bit, if you have to humble yourself to get into it, get into it. It's not going to hurt long because you will have changed and the Lord will have blessed you. So let's narrow it down. Let's look and see what he says. He says, um... Okay, those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. That's a good thing. And the door was shut. They were going to a wedding. Everybody would thought they were going to a wedding. You know, a lot of people think that it's not going to cost you anything to walk with the Lord. You just say, yes, I believe in Jesus. Now, and continue in your lifestyle. We don't want no one here, let's say not 50%. We're not going to have any 50%, okay? Let's, let's stir each other up. To walk in in freshness and walk in revelation and take responsibility for what's coming forth here. There's been some big, wonderful messages. No just preached two of the best messages I've ever heard. And I'm just I'm not bragging on you, Noja, but it's the truth. It stirs up. It's it's she's a real good preacher. I'm I'm sorry, she is just really good. And if you haven't listened to it, go if you have, go back and listen again. Uh Pastor Roy preached the be- one of the best sermons I've ever heard on the Holy Spirit when you were up here. Larry preached one on uh, uh, priorities. Priorities. What are your priorities? Is it watching the news in the morning or is it praying to God? 
you know, y'all weigh it. I'm not weighing it. I'm saying I'm as guilty as anybody in here of not doing it right. But I'm saying this has brought me short. My, my denomination said it didn't matter because you can't fall away. Well, that is not what this scripture says. It says, watch therefore, for you are neither, it, know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is a warning, and this is in red letters to, from Jesus to the church. He's not talking to unbelievers here. He's talking to believers. These were Christians. And that should be sobering. We need to bear, it says that we're supposed to take up our cross. The cross represents its pain, its, its effort, its suffering. The cross represents suffering. We're going to suffer in our flesh some. It, we're not going to get on the cross and die, hopefully, but there are Christians in the world right now that are dying. They're being tortured. They're being imprisoned. They're being blinded for the name of sake of Jesus and I mean, a mask, it just doesn't register on the screen. You see how silly? We become silly sometimes. Let's turn to Matthew seven twenty four. Let's look at this one. And these these are scriptures that have been here all along. I didn't I didn't just make them up. It says therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. Now, see, it wasn't a picnic. The winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rains descended... The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. It fell. And great was its fall. These houses, these actions are by Christians. So we've got to build our house on the rock. We've got to get established. We've got to get in the narrow place. And we've got to allow the rock to teach us how to walk through it. That narrow place is... I see it as like a, we talk about this, uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, well, that valley is real. I'm here to tell you that valley is real. And the only way you can get through that valley has shadows of death in it. I'll guarantee you it can be scary. But when I walked through it, the Lord told me, he said, don't resist the valley, resist the devil. See, there's a narrow place that he needed to get me so that I would learn to walk focused. He wants us focused on what he wants to tell us, and he needs to tell us about the knowing. We need to be told by him his perspective on what we're doing. Uh, you can ask him, what, how, Lord, how am I missing this? Will he tell you? He'll give you a scripture. He'll tell you. He'll give you a dream. But he'll tell you how you're missing it so you can conform. When you read something in the Word and it touches your heart, we're supposed to do something with that. We have people that just read and they're, they're 
they're quoting things and they're everything out there, but you can just you can just bump them a little bit and anger comes out or impatience comes out or not me, I'm not going to do that, you know, just a little bit. But yet if we're together, iron sharpens iron. I mean, we can walk through that door and three of us try to get through at the same time and we're going to bump somebody. And we can giggle about it and we can say, but you know, some people don't laugh about that. And so we can work on those offenses. You can't work on offenses when you're separated out there. You be together and somebody speaks a word and says, oh, well, that, come on, let's get this settled. Let's, let's, let's interact with each other. I did not mean that. And we get it all settled. God intended for the body to come together and interact with each other. He said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Because this is necessary so that we can, we can be the healed, the redeemed going out. I think someone I know says, I am tired of putting band-aids on Christians. It's time for us to go to a hurting world, but we got things that we're sick. We, I mean, what are we going to give them? If we don't have enough light to light our own lamp for any length of time, what extra are we going to have? See, he tells us to go out, and he said, uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is what we're talking about. This is our salvation. See, I, wasn't, I thought you just got everything at one swipe, you know? You didn't have to change. You could go out back of the church and smoke if you wanted to. We weren't called to task about any of those flesh things that we wanted to do. I could, you know, I could go honky-tonking over in Amarillo, you know, just long no one ever saw. I could honky-tonk. That's a bad, that's an old, old term. I dated myself. But you could go dancing and drinking is what I mean. Or what is it, clubbing? Okay. Over in Amarillo... But no one ever knew, see? But see, that didn't change me. What changes me is getting in there, reading the Word, and the Word is like a hammer. Woo! It'll hit you. And it knocks away something that isn't supposed to be there. It's not going to knock away anything that you really need. It's really not. So, okay... We, have we done this one yet? I get sidetracked, or have you noticed? Okay, this house, if it's built on sand, sand, you know, there's a thing about sand, it shifts. On shifting, have you ever watched the sand at the Sierras? You know, it blows this way and it blows that way, and huge mountains come up. Well, if you're on, always have a mountain in front of you, you're probably on sand. Because in the Lord, he'll take you up. He'll give you hind's feet for high places. He'll lift you up where you can see beautiful things because he's, he's got something beautiful in front of you. That's where he sees you. It's maybe not where you are, but his view of you is beautiful because he sees the potential. He wants to get you there. He wants to give you that view so you can see it, say it, and have it. And that's what Noja taught. See it. Say it, 
and have it because he's going to give you his view of what he wants you to do and how he wants you to be, and you need to be listening so you can hear him. And God is going to raise us up, and we're going to be so gorgeous. You know, the Jews were raised up, and they made people jealous because they are still being treated. They're still wealthy. You put them anywhere and it's going to rise up because of that call of Abraham on them, that blessing of Abraham on them. But we, we, we trust in the economy of the U.S. or We trust in the, what is it, bit thing? We trust in the, in the market. We trust in this. We, tr- we trust in so many things besides our God and his view of who we are. He promises us. He gives us promissory notes. I, I will prosper you. If, you. if you will humble yourself and pray, I will heal your land. Instead of us fretting, oh, did you see the news? We need to say, no, our view is we're going to see it healed. We're going to say it's healed, and we're going to have it healed. We need to all get in agreement with what the Word of God says because that's within the knowing. That's the knowing. He's the knower. We need to get acquainted with the knower. The Holy Spirit is the knower, and he'll take us in there and introduce us. He'll make us like Jesus. That's, that's his whole job is to make us more like Jesus to this world. And when, he, when we start shining and when we start getting excited and we start going out and saying, my mouth's watering to talk to somebody about Jesus, that's beginning to be, that's our joy. When we start talking, I know, I know Mike and Kathy have been walking everywhere and they're meeting people and they're, they're talking to people, edifying people. Well, they're like lights. They're like lights. Well, get your lights on. Get with Jesus and turn those lights on so you can burn. And so when he comes, you will be right in just like him. You'll recognize him. He'll recognize you. It won't be, now, which one's the Lord? Which one's the Lord? I'm over here. My name is. We have to introduce ourselves to him. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy what we do. We, I mean... I'm not going to say that. I promised I wasn't go- I promised me I wasn't going to do that again. But you know my soapbox. Anyway, we're not going to go there. We're just going to uh, we're just going to look at people who are in the know. They're passing tests, endurance tests. They're uh, the Lord promotes them. You'll watch the Lord raise them up. You'll they'll. They'll have something going on, and the next thing you know, they got favor. They got raised up. They got a job. They, they, things are making it fine, like, like Jeff Churchill. He, he healed up. He got, the money came in, and, and all of a sudden, and I had something happen to me, what, a week ago, Saturday? I got a call from someone from Karis Bible College where I used to go, and, and um, I hadn't seen this person in a couple of years, and we met at a conference here in Houston, and... and uh, hadn't seen each other well she called she said uh, I'm getting ready to do a podcast she said I want to do an interview with you and she scheduled it for 7 a.m <laughs> I'm not my prettiest at 7 a.m but that's what we did and she interviewed me and then I, I just out of the blue that happened well it's coming back around God is it's like doors open doors open doors open just everywhere just doors opening and I'm thinking 
I wasn't ready for this. I, I'm not, you know, but that's my Lord. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's God. He goes ahead of us. He goes behind us. He's in he's no door that you're supposed to go through. He, he will open every door. The, Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit said, I'm a gentleman, and any door you're supposed to walk through, I will open. So I'm, I'm, we can trust our Lord. We want $40 million. Is it $40 million? $40 million is going to come in here. How is it going to come out? We don't know. We don't know who God's got bringing, bringing in here who's saying, well, what about this little church? What about this little church? He may all of a sudden give somebody some wonderful, just this, this all of a sudden you'll have this genius idea. It's simple to do. You go out and make millions of dollars. Millions of dollars are not hard for the Lord to, to bring about. But we have to see it, say it, and have it. And it has to, we begin to, we need to lift our idea of who we are in Christ Jesus and stop playing around with the world. And let's get on with it. Luke 13. Uh, let's look there. Luke 13, verse uh, 24. It says, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand out, outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open to us for... Um, he will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know who you are, where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Iniquity. Jesus died on the cross for our iniquities. See, we need to partake of what he's done for us on that cross. He, he died for our iniquities. Those are bad habits that continually carry on with you. That's iniquity. There are, will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. Of course, he's talking to Jews there. They will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first and the first will be last. He's talking to the Jews, but they were, they were holy people. I mean, they, they did righteous things by the book. They were Pharisees. And they, they did everything legalistic. You know, Paul was among them. And Paul was, uh, he knew much of the Old Testament. I mean, he knew the Old Testament probably front and back, had it memorized. And, he, and uh, he was zealous for all things about God. He was very well educated. He was a Gamaliel student. And he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he said about himself. And he was obedient to what he knew obedient he he took a narrow path he was already walking in a narrowness because he was pursuing christians like you're not gonna you're not gonna uh those are heretics i'm going after you and he knew about the coming messiah but he thought the christians were doing that harm he thought they they were wrong and it took him being knocked off a horse and a bright light shining on him and it took him going blind I don't want that route myself. I want to see fully. And he met Jesus. But see, he sort of already knew him because he knew the word. He just didn't know him. 
He knew about him, but suddenly he got in the knowing. It's in the knowing, folks. We got to know him. And it came through the word for Paul. It came through the word. It was the Old Testament, but it was now he's written what? How much of the New Testament? We, we quote what he wrote. We walk by his situations. He had tremendous revelation because suddenly it began to, it began to click that this knowing, and he, and he went blind, and Ananias said, this is the guy that was killing us last week, you know. I don't know if I want anything to do with him, but Jesus assured him it's okay. And Paul then, I mean, he was so zealous for Jesus, they had to put him away for a while. Had to get him out of town, lower him down in a basket. You know, he was on fire. Well, we need some Pauls. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something if we had people just absolutely had a knowing in them and all of a sudden they really met Jesus? They had studied the Word. They had studied the Old Testament. We, we could take some Jews in. You know, um, uh, I'm studying something about Muslims. They are, there is a belief system in them that is, I mean, it's absolute once they believe. I mean, they are geared. When they believe about Jesus, they knew he was a prophet. They are, it's absolutely in their doctrine. They knew Jesus was a prophet. So when they gear in, they have to unlearn the martyr, martyr, martyrdom. They have to unlearn that it's, you can't go around killing everybody. But, I mean, they, they have to learn a little mercy, I think. But when they lock in, they're already religious. They're steeped in religion then they go after, they go after that. And uh, Jesus just appears to them. It doesn't take much for him to, to convince them, and they're being saved by droves in, in the Middle East because they have a belief system. They're already religious, in a sense, around Abraham, knowledge about Abraham. So when we, we have to be doers of the Word, not just hearers, but we have to do it. We have to knead it into our bread. We have to knead it, and we have to work it into us. To, for, to produce a loaf of bread, you've got to work that dough. And, and we need our dough worked to begin to produce good bread. We don't have these pop-up biscuits all everywhere. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about going and getting some flour and getting some oil and, and putting it out there and kneading it and put some yeast in there and let it rise and, and squash it down again and get it till you get just the right consistency, and then it produces a loaf. See, we're, we, don't want it, we want something instantaneous uh, in, our, in our delivery, in all our processes, but that's not what's happening in, in Jesus. He said, enter the narrow gate. I'm telling you how to bake bread. Enter the narrow gate. And I'll supply this and I'll supply that. Just keep walking in the narrow gate. Stop fighting the gate and start resisting the devil in your own light. And, and those things will drop away. If you resist it, they'll drop away. Don't resist the gate. You can't, it's narrow. You can't take all your goodies in there. All the things that your flesh enjoys. And I'm sorry, I know that we aren't supposed to talk about giving up stuff, but I'm sorry, some stuff just needs to be given up. And, you know, there's even scripture that talks about uh, giving up your children and wives and 
lands and houses and all of that for the namesake of Jesus' namesake. That's costly. That's what he says. That's his word. And so our attachment to things can keep us from not walking narrowly. It's funny, though, you can give up those things to follow after him, and he returns to you what he wants you to have out of that. He'll return to you, and it says a hundredfold. Those are his numbers. So whatever you give up with a willing heart and saying, well, you know, this is hurting, but, I, I, but for your name's sake, for me to have oil in my lamp, I'll do it. And you purchase, you purchase with your attitude, with your heart, with your actions, you purchase oil. Ladies and gentlemen, we need oil in these last days. Have any of you been weary lately? Where you felt like your lamp might be going out a little bit? Okay, stoke your fire. Go buy some oil and get ready for the long haul. Endure a mask. You know, it's just a small thing. Endure little things that don't matter a hill of beans in the grand scheme of things. What matters is our walking in love to our Savior and loving Him for what he did for us so that we can come and live a life with him forever. We're talking about heaven here. We're talking about making it. And so let's do more than make it. Let's don't get by the hair on our chinny chin chin. Let's let's go after it and we won't there won't be a problem in our making it. Let's adjust our attitude and let's ask him I want to know how you look at something. I've heard y'all pray, Lord, give me, let me see people like you see people. Let me have that love. I want to be like a powder puff, you know, that's been really got a lot of powder. Have you ever seen talcum powder on a powder puff? And when you touch it, love comes out. Wouldn't that be nice? Instead of get out of my way, I'm going through the door, you know. Just that little... That bothered me. See, I want to. I want to have that little hit and little love puff comes out instead of the other. I have a tendency for the other. I'm working on. It's not finished yet, but I'm working on it. So we are gonna let's focus on how do I get that Christ-like loving going in me? What can I do to narrow down? where I'm really flowing with him in this love. And he didn't have to keep explaining it to me because I'm actually beginning to get it. I don't want to have to do this year's work next year. I want to do, I don't want to do last year's work this year. I'm going to be working diligently to walk in faith, to not pay attention to things that just fly by. I'm going to, and those things that will so easily distract us, entangle us, whatever it's doing, let's just bind the devil off of our lives. Let's not resist the flow of God in us, and let's not resist the Holy Spirit's work in us. He wants to work in us the will and the do of God's good pleasure. And that's what we need to allow him to do and stop 
digging our heels in and thinking, oh, well, that can't be God. That, that costs me something. Well, it's going to cost you. Just get out your wallet. It's going to cost you. I want to pray for us that we'll receive this, that we'll take it as a good word, a good word from God, a, 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 a stirring up of the word that you already know. Father, I just pray that right now. I declare that for the Ark Fellowship that we are going to hear your word. We're going to do your word. We're going to take it as our own. We're going to put it in the pocket. We're going to hear a word and hear it and do it. We're going to just walk with you, Lord. We want to know you and we want to know the, the, the high points of our calling. We want to know what our destiny looks like so we can start proclaiming it. We want to see ourselves as you see us. We want to see what you planted in us. And we believe, God, that you're going to do that for us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word in Jesus' name.